0: Hey, this is Russ Adcox, lead pastor at Murray Hills Church. This month we're doing a series called Launch, which is about how to reconnect to your faith or how to grow spiritually. I hope you enjoy. Amen. Thank you, Tiffany. One suggestion. We need a choir for the bridge. I, I was just envisioning that. I was like, we need a choir for that bridge. Wow. Um, kids, don't leave yet. Sorry. Don't leave yet, kids. Hang tight. I know, like you're used to, as soon as you see me getting out of here, and there's other people that know what you're feeling. Uh, but we're, you're going to be dismissed in a little bit. We're doing something a little bit special today, so I'll explain right after our offering. We are going to take our offering right now, so uh, that information will be on the screen shortly, just a minute. There it is. And uh, Thank you, Noah. So, If you're giving by check or cash today, of course, there's secure collection boxes around the room as you leave. Uh, If you're giving electronically, murrayhills.com forward slash give, you can go to the Church Center app and give through that link, or you can text a number to 931-218-6063. And I know last week, none of that was working. So several of you came and said, hey, the the link's broken. Uh, Something with Simple Give, that's our provider, something was messed up we think we got it fixed so if it's not working today let us know and uh if it hopefully we got all that fixed uh two things though before we I tell you what we're going to do today uh tim's already mentioned step one i missed the welcome i was out in the hallway during the welcome talking my apologies i uh, i hope he did remind you that if you did not sign up you could still come so we've got uh, several people registered but we always make a bunch of food john mesco is doing the food today too so if you did not sign up But you would still like to come. It just worked out that you were able to be here. You can still come. So that's that's the information for uh, for step one. So today uh, we're kicking off a series called Launch, and we're kicking it off in a a different way. Uh, We're going to try something new today. Now, if you've been around Murray Hills for a while, that that statement should not alarm you at all. Uh, We're we're going to try something new. We're going to change things, shake things up just a little bit, and. you're not all going to hear the same sermon today. So there's going to be three different sermons today, and uh, you'll be hearing different ones depending upon uh, what age your kids are. Okay, so some of you will hear a sermon from Tammy, some of you hear one from Todd, uh, some of you will hear one from me, and let me kind of explain what this is and where it all came from. So about a month ago, we were having a meeting with uh, Next Generation ministry so it was todd is our student minister tammy's our children's minister uh tim was in that meeting i was in that meeting ebony was in that meeting and we were just kind of reviewing like hey what is our plan is everybody on the same page here like what we're doing with our children's ministry is that translating up to student ministry and like you know what what are we doing here so is uh what what's your main goal like student ministry what's the main objective what are we trying to do what's the vision What's the purpose? Children's ministry, what's our vision? What's our purpose? And they were just kind of stepping us through their ministries. And it was, I mean, it was incredible. It was like, as, they, as, as Tammy's talking about her heart for the children's ministry, and she's talking about, well, here's what we're trying to do. We, we're encouraging them to spend time with God and encourage them to spend time with others and to use their gifts. And she's going through what the children's ministry is doing. I'm just like, this. This is awesome. We need, we got to get this out somehow. We got to share this somehow. And then Todd starts talking about, well, here's the seven checkpoints. And this is, we're talking about authentic faith. And then we're talking about um, choosing your friends wisely and all these. I can't go through all of them. But he's talking about the seven checkpoints. I'm like, man, that is awesome. We've got to get that out. And, and I said something in that meeting, like, how do we share this vision with the church? How do we get the word out about this? And uh, one of the ideas was, well, we could have a parents' meeting. And uh, we've done those in the past, and, (laughs) you know, if you get 50% back, that's pretty good. But, you know, you're doing it on a Sunday night, you're doing it on a Wednesday night, everybody's busy, especially this weekend, school starts back. It's like, what if we just took those messages and did them on Sunday morning? And so that's what we're going to do. And what we're going to do is, just a, just a minute, I'm going to dismiss you. And I just about fell. I'm going to dismiss you. I've been moving all weekend. <laughs> uh, not me, but my daughter. Um, if you've got a kid fourth grade and down, you're going to go to the beach. And Tammy's down there, and she's going to be sharing about the vision and the values of our children's ministry and how you can be involved in that and how you can help your kids uh, in that. If you've got a student 5th through 12th grade, you're going to go down to the hangout. And Todd's going to be sharing about the vision and values of our student ministry and how you can get involved in that. The rest of you are going to stay right here with me. And we're going to be talking about mentoring. And so I've got a message prepared for you. So 4th grade and down, you're taking your kids with you. You're going to be down in the beach room. 5th through 12th, you're going with Todd. If you've got them in both, you can either divide and conquer or just make your choice which kid do you like better you know you like the older kids better you like the younger kids better just choose which ones you like better and go to that no you just pick one really and the rest of you 20 somethings college students uh, empty nesters grandparents uh, no kids the rest of you are gonna hang right here with me and I've got a message for you so the parents of the younger kids are anxious to get out of here so just like their kids so you know you guys can go ahead and head that way Uh, Let's just all stand while we do this. That way it'll be chaotic and crazy. About 30 seconds, let's stand. If you're staying in the room, you can uh, hang right here. And parents, teens, that way, that way. Kids, you go with them. Oh, you old folks, y'all can sit down. This this is hard on y'all, I know. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk about that. All right. Yeah, I should have also mentioned if you're new to Murray Hills and you're like, uh, that's weird, beach, hangout, I don't know what you're talking about, just stay in this room. Um, And so that's hopefully what, what you guys did. Or maybe you didn't. Alright, let me get my, well, I don't need a stool, I need to stay on my, need to stay on my feet today, right? Okay, um, so, thanks for staying with me. That means a lot to me, right? <laughs> but thanks for, thanks for hanging with me, and I know that uh, as I was writing this message, I was like, this is going to be interesting because I'm going to have two very different groups of people in this room. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna have. I know that I've got some that are younger, like you're in college, you're in the 20 something range, or you're married with no kids yet. And uh, I was once you. Hey, okay, for five glorious years, uh, Jenny and I were married with no kids. Uh, and, <laughs> and people always said, uh, wrote, just wait, just wait. You don't have to have kids now. Just wait, just wait. Trust me, just wait. Those people were right. Uh, and I love my kids. But, I mean, I loved that time period in which we were married with no kids. That, it was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but I do remember when we were in that stage of life that we rolled our eyes anytime somebody started talking about kids. So, like, if we went to a small group or we went out to dinner. And if people who have kids, that's all they talk about, especially when they're younger. You know, that's all they talk about their kids. So, we would always roll our eyes when, when people was talking about the kids. And I know you're going to be tempted to roll your eyes at what I say today. Just hang with me for a little bit. I was once where you are. To uh, the rest of you, to those that, you know, like you got the empty nest, uh, the kids have grown up, moved out of the house, or they're still in the house, but they really ought to be out of the house, uh, but they're definitely not in children's ministry anymore, and they're definitely not in student ministry anymore, and you have heard the grandparent stage and all that, I'm on my way to you. As a matter of fact, if, if Roman had not come home 10 years ago, I would be with you in three weeks. So uh, we moved, yesterday we moved Lily into her apartment in Birmingham, this is her senior year of college, and then in three weeks we're moving Hallie into the dorm at Belmont, and we would have been empty nest at that point. But Roman is going to give us another 10, 15 years in the house. So uh, we're good for a, for a while. Um, but I know that you'll be tempted to kind of cross your arms. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear this. I'm retired. <laughs> I have raised my kids. I am done with this. I am retired. We are done with this. Um, don't do that just yet. Okay, so all I'm saying is I understand where you're coming from. We're going to talk. I'm going to talk about mentoring today, and I want to show you why. But I understand where you're coming from. So, uh, those that are rolling their eyes and going, "Uh, "We ain't there yet," and those that are crossing their arms and going, "Yeah, we ain't there yet either, and we ain't going back there," uh, I understand. I was once you, and I'm on the way to you. Okay, so I understand. But give me 15 minutes to talk just a little bit about why you're needed for the next generation, why the next generation needs you and needs me, needs us, okay? I want to show you a picture, Noah, and you throw that picture up? How many of you recognize that man, know who that is by chance? Nobody, okay. Um, that, that guy's name is Willie Franklin. Now, he was an NFL football player in the probably late 70s, early 80s, but that's not why his picture's up there. His picture is up there because he's a preacher, and I think he's still preaching somewhere. I tried to Google him, find out information about him. I think he's still preaching, but his picture is up there because that's the guy that got me into full-time ministry. Like the reason I preach today is because of that man right there, Willie Franklin. Our paths crossed in '94 or '95. It was it was right after my sophomore year of college and. We'd invited him, so we, I didn't have anything to do with it at the time, the Hornwall Church of Christ had invited him to do a gospel meeting. And uh, gospel meetings was the Church of Christ equivalent of a revival. So you, depending on where you grew up, is revival. We just, Church of Christ called them gospel meetings. But um, we'd invited him to do that, and they had this men's prayer breakfast at the community center in, in Hornwall at the park. And I showed up that Saturday. I'd never met Willie. Had ne- he'd never met me, but for some reason, when I walked in the room, he was like, "Hey, Uncle Strawberry! There you are!" And, and he walked. Up, he's got these massive hands, and he grabbed. You know, how you doing, Uncle Strawberry? I'm Uncle Chocolate, and he just. got I me mean, just. I don't know why that he just like reached out to me, and he and, and we just hit it off. I mean, we just hit it off, and so that that whole week I hung out with him when he was doing the gospel beating and I was watching, and man. That guy, he still can, I'm sure, he could energize a room. Like, I mean, he could, he, I I don't preach in the same style as Willie. Willie could energize a room. We had 800 people show up at the Hornwall Church that, that year for his gospel meeting. The church probably holds 400. I mean, they were putting chairs out in the sides and auditorium. I mean, it was just all, there was just energy and this fire about him. And uh, I had him come back to Lipscomb. I was on the spiritual life committee at Lipscomb and he came back and did a revival for us at Lipscomb. And uh, I had him I was at Hendersonville Church doing an internship and I had him come and do a youth rally at the Hendersonville Church and then I was over a youth rally in Jonesboro and I had him come there for about 3 or 4 years any time that I had a chance to invite somebody to speak I would invite Willie to speak and Willie kept saying to me you need to be in, you need to preach you need to preach you need to preach there's something in you you got something in you you need to do this He'd never heard me preach he had no basis of fact for that. He'd never heard me preach, but he kept he kept encouraging me that you need to do this. The summer after I met Willie, I got a job at uh, the Little Swan Church, and there's a I gotta tell those stories sometimes about Little Swan Church, Christ. <laughs> uh, there was about forty members. There was two elders, uh, Mr. Lawson and Mr. Carroll, and all the members either had the last name of Lawson or Carroll. Uh, I mean, it was just it was, a, it was just a little country church, and they let me preach for a summer. Me and Chester Darden co-preached for a summer. But when people ask me, you know, how did you get into ministry? I say, uh, Willie Franklin. And I would classify Willie Franklin <clears throat> as one of my mentors. And I say he's a mentor because he shaped my life in a direction that I didn't know I was going in. God used him at a specific season in my life to send me in a certain direction he's a mentor to me even though he does not fit the mold of a mentor because when we think of mentors we think of like we got a specific idea in our mind like if i was to tell you hey i need you to help mentor some of our students or i need you to help mentor some of our children we think of like oh goodness i don't have the time to do that i mean you're talking about that's like an everyday thing like i'm going to be Talking to him every day and texting him every day, and I mean, I just, I just, I just don't have the time to be that involved in their life because we think if you're going to mentor somebody, you're just going to be super, super involved in their life. You're like family to them, and maybe it works that way sometimes, but a lot of times it works more like Willie. Here's the two things that that were different with Willie. Number one, he didn't know me. We met totally at random. He didn't know I was walking in that room. Uh, i didn't know who he was i didn't know uh, we met totally at random and i think one of the big obstacles to mentoring is if i was to challenge you like hey we need you to, to help mentor this next generation you'd say well i don't know those kids and they intimidate me a little bit uh, it's, it's scary i just don't know them I don't, I don't i mean i just don't know how i could possibly relate to them i just they don't know me how am i supposed to mentor someone i've never met well you meet them i mean that's what, we're not asking you to raise them we're just asking you to meet them and to invest a little bit into their lives to be another adult in their lives that's saying the same thing as their parents and that becomes super important as they move from that side of the building to that side of the building because they stop listening to their parents right i mean their parents don't know much there's a period of life between fifth through twelfth grade where the parents just don't know much uh maybe sometimes it extends up to about 21 22 years old and by about 22 23 they start going you know I, i I think, I think my dad knew what he was talking about. I need to call him for some advice. You know, I think my mom knew what she was talking about. To, but there's that period of life where having another adult in their life saying the same thing as their parents is super, super important. Having having younger mentors uh, in their life. The second thing with Willie is uh, we didn't keep up with each other. Uh, we hadn't talked in 25 years. i just... It, we, we met before smartphones and social media and all that stuff. And so in that four or five time period where he was involved in my life, you know, he's in another state. I think he's in Texas now. And we just kind of fell out of talking with each other and didn't really continue to have a relationship with each other. And that's one of the things that we think with mentoring. We're like, well, I can't, I can't mentor because I, I just don't know I can make that long-term investment in somebody's life. And I said, like, well, we're not asking for a long-term investment in somebody's life. We're asking for an hour a week, every, an hour, every other week, once a month, something, just just, a, just a, a little bit of investing in somebody else's life and telling them, "You can do this. You got this. I see something in you. God sees something in you." The NPR story uh, that I'd, I'd heard, I had heard I won't forget, it was they were interviewing somebody. and it was about mentoring. It was, they were talking about this artist. Who, had, uh, they were talking about who were the influential mentors in your life. And he said, well, the most influential mentor in my life was, uh, I can't remember her name, and I can't remember what she did. She was a teacher or a teacher's aide, I'm not 100% sure, but that was the most influential mentor in my life, and she only said three or four words to me. We, were, we had this class assignment, and all the kids were asked to draw something, and, and we were drawing, and the teacher was walking around the room looking at all the drawings, and she stopped at mine and said, you're good at that. And she walked on. And that was the first time anybody had ever told me, you're good at that. Like, I, I never heard somebody say, I was good at something. And so when she said I was good at something, that I internalized that. And I look back at that. The reason I'm in, an artist today is because of that mentor in my life who said to me, you're good at this. Like, the reason I'm in ministry day is because of this man right here who, who just invested a little bit of time in me and said, hey, I see something in you. You, you need to think about doing this. You need to think about it. and And it just, just that little bit of encouragement. I think one of the things with, with mentoring, anytime you talk about it or look it up, we make it out to be rocket science. We, we overthink it. <laughs> you know, we think, oh, I can't do that. I'm not qualified to do that. Why would anybody want to follow my example? I'm not a perfect person. I'm good this. I mean, we, we come up with all the, the reasons that we can't do it instead of thinking about all the reasons that we should do it. All the reasons that that the next generation needs a positive voice in their life, encouraging them to believe in themselves, to believe in God, to stick with their faith, to stick with church. Um, I mean, I can sit up here and talk about... Uh, Allison Gingelbach was a mentor for my oldest daughter. And Some of you remember the Gingelbachs. They were here. They're in Texas now. But Lily sang on the praise team, and Allison was one of the women who sang on the praise team. And Allison was somebody that, like, just picked my daughter up you know like hey you're good at this you're great you got a you got a voice here you, you know you need to step up and sing and I, I remember my senior her senior year her belting out a solo and I'm like where did that come from it came because Allison was encouraging her Sarah I, I don't even want to say the last name because this is not in my notes I'm I'm way out I'm way over here right now which is uncomfortable for me but uh uh Sarah with Young Life she's a mentor to my younger daughter because Sarah took took an interest in her and was like, you know, hey, y'all come over to my house for Bible study here. Y'all come over to my house and and let's just hang out together. And she would come to lunch and eat with them at Zion. And, I, and like, when I needed some advice on something, guess who I called? <laughs> hey, I'm trying to help work through this. Can Sarah? Can you help me? <laughs> because she was a mentor there. Um, Aubrey, uh, shouldn't have done that. Sorry, Aubrey. He just came to the softball games. He didn't have any kids on the softball team. He came to the softball games. And after the softball game was over, he'd come out of the field and fist bump Hallie. You don't know what that means. don't know what that means to her. But she knew that he's coming just because he wants to invest in her life just a little bit. Just a a softball game. And he knew that that meant something to her. He's doing that with our kids, too. He's down there with the... uh, the little kids and doing that that's what i'm talking about there's a biblical precedent for this okay you can see it all throughout the bible but the the passage i want to show you real quick is titus so paul had in in acts there's several examples of paul taking someone younger under his wing and whether they were traveling with him on a missionary journey or they were helping start a church. And the more famous ones are Timothy and Titus. But like Paul would help a church get started and he would take a young man like Timothy under his wing and he would encourage Timothy. And there's that passage in Timothy he said, don't let people look down on you because you're young. I mean, he's encouraging Timothy and he would leave Timothy or Titus or Mark or whatever, these places where churches were started. And then he would write letters back to them encouraging them. There's a lot of encouragement in the letters that Paul writes as an older person to a younger person, encouraging them, but then also giving them instruction, like here's how to handle some problems, here's how to handle this obstacle, and those kinds of things. This particular one is Titus um, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, and it's just some general instructions, but I want you to notice what, what Paul's doing here. He says to Titus, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. So teach the older men to be temperate. Uh, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in the faith, and love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but teach what is good. And then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the Word of God. And as he, well, a few more here. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching show integrity seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us leave that one up for just a minute noah um, shana pounders curtis another one of my mentors showed me this passage uh years and years ago and we were in youth ministry together, and she was showing it to me to illustrate how the older generation should teach the younger generation. Like, as, as a youth minister, it wasn't my job to, to be the primary faith influence in a student's life. And as a children's ministry, it's not Tammy's job to be the primary faith in, influence in a, in a student's life. It, it's, it's their parents' job. Uh, so it's it, the parents that are down here and the parents that are down It's their job to be the primary faith influence. But we can help them. We can be some people that come alongside them as the community of faith and help them. Because I'm going, to, I'm going to speak as a parent, and many of you in this room have been parents. It gets overwhelming sometimes as a parent. It gets overwhelming. So I'm talking about mentoring here, and I'm thinking about mentoring kids. You, maybe you need to be mentoring a parent right now. You may be mentoring a young mom or a young dad and just say, hey, you got this. You got, it's going to be okay. They grow up. It's like they make it through the teenage years. I know this is... Bad right now, but I mean they make it through the teenage years. I mean it's go, you're going to be all right. It's going to I mean, maybe maybe it's a mentoring to a parent, but the example the, the the what you do as a mentor is right there in that line right there. Set them an example. Set them an example by doing what is good. And the other line that gets me, and you can go to that next one now, Noah, is this one right here. So they can teach the younger. So what Paul's as Paul's writing to Titus here, he's saying like that's ultimately your responsibility is is to help equip people to teach the younger so that older men teach younger men and older women teach younger women so that there's a, there's a generational effort here that's not just professional clergy doing it, but it's the church doing it together. And we've tried to become more intergenerational in our approach at Murray Hills. If you've noticed, we started bringing the kids in here. Like when they're really young, they stay in there the whole time. But when they're kindergarten through fourth grade, we wanted to be in here with with all the church, worshiping together, taking communion together, and then they can slip out for my sermon because I'm not preaching to them. All right, there you go. They get their own message. But then as they hit like that 7th and 8th grade or ninth grade, we'd like them to stay in here the whole time with us. And that's a change. We didn't de- we didn't used to do that. We used to kind of silo them off. And we, we wanted to change that because we want the church to be more intergenerational. We want the the older men to teach the younger men and the older women to teach the younger women and to, and to build those relationships. So, um, that's, that's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good approach, but it's a very difficult approach. And I, I get that. And I understand it partly because kids can be a little intimidating, especially in the student ministry, partly because we're just intimidated to do it. It's like, I just don't, I don't know that I'm the right fit. I don't know that I'm the right person all that kind of stuff. I, I want to challenge you to get involved, uh, in the life of someone younger that's that's kind of the challenge i'm leaving you with you today whether it's going to a, a softball game football's getting ready to start up go to go to kids football games just i mean I, go to the soccer games whatever it is just to, to challenge you to start investing in the life of a young person as an encourager as someone because when, when you start encouraging them then they're going to when you start coming to coming to you for advice that's where they're going to come for advice But you just to invest in the life of someone that's younger than you. And it it may be through this church. I mean, there's opportunities in children's ministry. I guarantee if you go down to Tammy right now and say, Hey, Tammy, I'd like to volunteer once a week. She'd hug you. Uh, You know, it's because during the pandemic, it's been very difficult to find volunteers. So I'm sure you you do have to pass a background check. Clarify that. So we don't just let anybody do our children's ministry. But, you know, if you're able to pass the background check and do the training and all that, then, then Tammy will have opportunities for you um todd's ministry is a little bit different because teenagers are a little bit different but uh there's always opportunity sometimes it's just driving for kids for events or sometimes it's providing food for events or just chaperoning for events and and those kinds of things so um i want to just i want to throw out that challenge to you and what i'm encouraging i was going to say email todd or email tammy or all that kind of stuff here's what i'd like you to do if you're interested in it is email me can you throw that out there's my email just email me, and I'll make sure that they, because I'm afraid, like, if you say, well, I emailed Tammy, and I never heard back. I mean, just, I want to know. Like, just email me, and I'll send your name. Like, hey, this is somebody that's interested. Will you follow up with them, um, and, and I'll help you get connected, because I think it's that important. And it may not be here. I will give that caveat, and then i got to, it may not be here. It, it may be through uh, uh, your kid's sports team. Uh, your grandkids' sport team, you know, it may be through Boys and Girls Club, uh, it may be through tutoring kids at, you know, Brown Elementary or McDowell, or, well, not McDowell anymore, sorry, um, Baker or, you know, any of those schools, it could be going and helping at the schools, reading to kids, there's lots of opportunities to get involved in mentoring, and as the people of God, I, I think we, we have a responsibility there to do that, and so it may be our family. I mean, that may be where we, it may be family that we're, I'm going to invest in this next generation. This uh, quote right here sits on my bookshelf uh, in the office, and uh, I'll close with it, and I'll lead us in a word of prayer. A hundred years from now, it will not matter what my bank account was, the sort of house I lived in, or the kind of car I drove, but that the world may be different because I was important in the life of a child. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm thankful for uh, this church. I'm thankful for everything that's been invested over the 20-year history of this church in children's ministry and student ministry because it's made an impact on my children. And I'm thankful for this this next generation of children that's coming up and all these new faces and all these new families. And I pray that we as a church, we as the collective body of the church, are able to embrace that opportunity to um, maybe step into some awkward territory for us and to mentor next generation. to to invest in the life of a young person. And uh, I just pray that you would, that we would be open to the opportunities, not just here, but wherever they are, we would be open to the opportunities to be involved in something like that. Uh, It's in your son's name I pray these things. Amen. All right, uh, not surprisingly, Tammy got her sermon done before me, because I saw kids coming in down there. So... uh, Next week, we'll talk about launch. That will be the rest of August. We'll kind of talk about the principles of launch. But thank you guys for being here this week. And we'll see you next Sunday.